This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're gonna go out of here at the Big Eight Tournament Champion. 93-7 a ticket veteran and Creed Stan Jake Bakoven. I love that band, Creed. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Welcome back. Welcome back with On the Block with Stricken Bach. I'm Eric Strickland, E. Strick in short, and a.k.a. Bach. Jake Bachoven, we're here today. We're going to get into uh, a segment where we found out that the Huskers may have popped their head back into the top 25 based on Brett Murphy. Uh, the last time that the Huskers found themselves in the uh, preseason AP or actually in the, in the, in the top 25, in the preseason polls was back in 2019 when they popped their head in there at about 24. And that was a very short lived stay, but nonetheless, they did pop in. So Bach, what do you think about that? Do you think this is a common thing or do you think this, this is just something that's kind of, you know, somebody's just buzzing off the fact of, of, of the, you know, the, the, some of the changes that have been made in the coaching staff and then kind of what they've got coming in and also looking at their scheduling. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Sometimes as a Nebraska fan, you almost want to be uh, cognizant of the fact that sometimes they, they know that you'll click on the link if you include them in the top 25. So uh, they were slid and at the end of the top 25. A lot of people do these way too early preseason top 25s for next year, and this was just one of them. But I guess for me, it just kind of came out of right field, right? I, di- I didn't see it coming. Um, I don't necessarily have that type of hope or optimism thinking that that's going to be the end result of all this. And maybe that's just having sat through four years of Scott Frost and, and watching every year uh, finish under 500. But it is nice to see that, that there is the attention is there for Nebraska football and in the, in the respect is there for where they had them. I, my, my biggest problem with this whole thing is that I think that there's this perceived idea and whether it was, was him or not, or, you know, whoever's watching it, if you watch Nebraska against Michigan, if you watch Nebraska against Ohio State, and you watch Nebraska against Oklahoma, and you came away thinking, I think that team's close, I think they're uh, top 25 bound right around the corner, I don't blame you. But it's the other games, right? It's the Illinois, the Minnesotas. I mean, you got the Buffalo game where Nebraska won 28-3, but they should have scored 56. I mean, those type of games, that you gotta got to sit through those and watch the whole season long to say that they're they're close to the top programs, maybe on a Saturday, but they're not top. They're not close consistently day in and day out and week in and week out. And that's been the problem. And the other problem with the, the, the close narrative that I have is that that was last year's team. I think you're losing seven of your 10 best players from last year's teams. And so you kind of have to rebuild it, restructure it. And, and they have, um, but to have preseason top 25 uh, predictions uh, is a little too much for me at this point. I, I think my, my top end right now, would just be hoping to get to seven and five, but a new year, uh, a new team. It certainly is. I mean, you have all these different changes on the coaching staff, a, a, a different quarterback, new weapons on special teams. I mean, we know, we know the story. Um, it's, it's certainly possible, but as far as me putting my name down, stamping it down saying, yeah, I see preseason top 25 there. I, 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 I couldn't do it. And that's why it kind of surprised me to see it. 
do you think that you know the way that I look at it? I, I think as a as a as an observer and also as a person who's coached in the past, that's something that I don't like because especially when I'm trying to change a culture and when I'm trying to change and revamp and and bring in some some components that can hopefully get us there. Um, sometimes there's a tendency for those looking in to start smelling themselves a little bit too early instead of working their way and fighting against all odds and, you know, fighting upstream. And it's like, it's like you sit there and you're just, you're looking at this. I think, I think media and social media and back in the day, we said, we used to say, stop looking at the papers. You know what I mean? Because you, you get a chance to just start, you know, sniffing and thinking you, you know, you're something and you haven't done anything. Right. So that's what I'm hoping does not happen and that they come with an, a worth ethic that's worthy of any enlightenment that they would get in that specific area in time to come when you get into the next fall. Yeah. And I think it would, you too. Know? I mean, I, because they haven't earned it yet. Um, I think regardless of, of the hype and the stuff, like hopefully they've been through enough off seasons to see, yeah, we'll do that for you. We'll get excited uh, as Husker fans, and, and as well we should. I mean, it, it is, off to, after all, a fanatic. I mean, I, I think sometimes we get too much in the dumps about where a team is, and I understand, um, you know, program, prestige, and history, and all that plays into it, but we are, after all, playing a game, so let's, at least in the offseason, try to enjoy a little bit of it. Um, but at the same yeah. time, um, I, I, I just I just don't think that they can they could smell themselves, as, if, as you were saying, coming off a 3-9 and nine record. As a competitor... I just don't think that you you would buy into it. You would believe it unless you'd, you've earned something. And I, I, I just don't think Nebraska has quite earned enough. But I, I thought it was interesting enough. I, again, I'm not sure if that was done for clicks or if he truly believes that. But I can, I can kind of connect some dots in, in trying to get to that belief, um, which is if you just watch kind of some of the primetime games. I think Nebraska's um, draft class, outgoing draft class, is going to do – better than it normally would because they had played a lot of primetime games. People saw them play against the Michigan helmets and the Oklahoma helmets and the Ohio State helmets and, and fare pretty well. So, I mean, I think that that can go a long way into people believing how close you are. And, and, and of course, Nebraska was. We all know about the one-possession games and all that. Um, but it, it just I, – I, what I have is the mismatch that I see in the Big Ten West. I mean, how he's fared against Kirk Ferentz um, year in and year out. They, they, you know, hasn't beaten Wisconsin over there in Paul Chris, PJ Flex seems to have his number. All of a sudden, you know, coming right into into the gate, uh, Illinois' coach has his number after one game. Um, wasn't expected to win that game. So I, I, when you have that much of a, a, a mismatch or a disadvantage and, and you're four years in in the Big Ten West, it's not going to be coming from me, the offseason hype. I, I believe that it can happen. I believe that they have an easier schedule, and I believe that turnarounds can happen, and sometimes we, we bury out too much on top of teams and I do think that this past team was close, but I think that they have a lot to to um, to earn before they can get that sort of credit. And and it's not just credit. I mean, I could throw it out there and and maybe try to get a, a few a few more people to listen to me and my my power of positivity, right? Um, but if I'm being true and honest to myself and true and honest to our listeners, which I try to be, is that I don't I don't see them in in the top 25. I don't know if I'd list them in the top 50. <laughs> Right. What do you think about this receiving core? I mean, the, the it is a lot of numbers within that receiving core, but many seem to think that this could probably be one of the top elite receiving rooms in the country. 
as of right now with what they have. What, what's your thoughts about the receiving core that's now coming that Casey Thompson's going to be able to well, – well, let me stop because we don't know who the actual starting quarterback's going to be because Logan, Logan Smothers can come in off the offseason and start just going nuts and just totally win the job. So I don't want to do that. But but all all eyes point to potentially Casey uh, Thompson being the, the, the lead guy as it, at this point. But what do you think about the receiving core that we have and, and, and their potential to be one of the best in the country? Well, I like it. I, again, I, I don't know if I'd, I'd go to the best in the country, but maybe one of the best in the Big Ten. We're not within the last year. If you were going to be competing to be one of the best wide receiver cores in the Big Ten, um, you were going to be one of the best in the country. Obviously, um, you know, Ohio State kind of led that, that led that group, but there were great receivers all around the league. And, and certainly with, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba returning, I think that that will be the case again. So, I, I like it. I like the depth there. Obviously, um, what they've done in the transfer portal with Trey Palmer from LSU. I mean, he's a big play, kind of waiting to happen, and, and just an exciting player to watch. Um, of course, uh, the New Mexico A lot of unproven. A lot of unproven. You yeah. know, a lot of potential, but but unproven, right? Yeah, that's and that's really where it is. And I, and I think that's with the guys coming in. Uh, Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda as well, the New Mexico State guy. He's got to take that jump. Um, similar to what Samari Toure does, and hopefully he does. Um, and But, you know, kind of the same thing with Trey Palmer. You, you see a lot of, oh, five-star wide receiver transferring into Nebraska. Yeah, he was at one time a five-star wide receiver, but he's been playing college ball for three years, and he's been productive. And I'd love to see just his production if he can, you know, come in and, and get 450, 500 yards receiving in one year. That'd be great, especially if he also brings it in the special teams category. Um, but it is all about kind of potential and upside. And I guess what you're hoping there is that Mickey Joseph, who is kind of pumping new blood into this unit, can get the most out of him. Obviously, he was able to do that in many of his previous stops, LSU being the, the prime example there. Um, but you, you have a group, and I believe headlined by Omar Manning and Xavier Betts returning, that I, I think that we all could see a lot of potential there. And you want to see them get the ball, and you want to see them get their opportunity. I think it's going to be there this year, um, but it still kind of lays within there uh, in, in in potential. And then, you know, the other part of it is I love wide receiver groups um, being great for the team, but, you know, you need the offensive line to protect. Like you said, you need to kind of get your quarterback room situated, and I think they'll do that. I think Casey Thompson uh, has the experience there to, to believe that he'll be pretty solid, but he also had a couple games where he was benched last year in favor of Hudson cards. So I, I think there is going to be a spot for both those guys. And, and there's going to be a, a need for some of these wide receivers to break out and make big plays on their own. Cause if you, I mean, if you watch anybody's highlights, but I mean, Casey Thompson's included, you know, some of what made his big numbers improve was just throwing a simple screen out to a wide receiver and having it busted for 64 yards on the, on the paper. It says, Oh, 64 yard touchdown pass. That looks incredible. But who's doing all the work? It's the wide receiver in that case, and obviously it's blocking, um, and, and the pass has to be on point to begin with, but it's not an incredibly difficult throw to make. So that's what I'm hoping I think that we can expect to see out of this wide receiver group is regardless of who is the starter, a few and hopefully more than a few plays like that that will really bolster their numbers. Um, a lot of it this year was kind of just throwing the bombs downfield to Samari Toure. Uh, which worked as well, and you'll take those plays as well. But I'd like to see more of them that are just kind of line of scrimmage type of plays that break that break open. And I think with the, the guys we're talking about, the Xavier Betts, um, the Trey Palmers, you know, that's going to be more of a possibility if they get more touches. Yeah, who 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 is 
Who is going to be an integral part? I think one of the things that's going to be a, a, a necessity for Nebraska is to also figure out who is going to get the majority of the touches with some consistency from the running back position, right? Because I think that'll alleviate a lot of the pressure from Casey or Logan or any of the quarterbacks that may step forward and take the position to be able to find a, a way to alleviate some of that pressure um, in, in, in throwing the ball and having to consistently do so. I think that's part of what the problem was with Adrian. I think they ran the ball. I mean, he ran the ball very well. And then we had some games where the running game was, was, was very good, but I think we've got to get back to some old school in the trenches you know, beating people up and, and and driving people off the ball. I think that's where they have the most success because then you can get into that play action game, which helps you to uh, open up the field a little bit more. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, that's still the biggest question mark. I think the, the, the offense is coming into play to where you can feel pretty solid, right? With your receiving core, we mentioned probably the best group uh, among them. Travis Vokalek leading that tight end position, and, and you got some youngsters coming up there. Um, the, the the quarterback now, Casey Thompson, he's, you know, led the Big 12 in passing touchdowns. So you have some pieces there. And then the running back position, which you mentioned, isn't isn't in the worst position. I don't think that you feel like you have your, your stud, right? And that's why I think that there might be an interest in the portal for Nebraska to go after another running back. But, boy, do you have a, a, a group of guys um, that have at least played and flashed some potential. Ramir Johnson is a guy that, that's steady. You can you can count on him to be there game in, game out. Not so much with Jock Yant, but you can but from what we see with Jock Yant is it looks like this you know, there's a skyload of potential for him. Marquis Step uh, will return as well. Gabe Irvin coming back from the injury. So I think you have a bevy of backs that you can rely on. Like they said going into this year, you'd rather have the one. You'd rather have your all Big Ten back, the guy that you can give 25 carries a game and know that he's going to produce for you. But if you don't have that guy, it's best to have uh, a nice group of backs that can kind of play off each other's skills, and I think they have that. But as the text line points out, the the, the the concern continues to be that offensive line. Um, Drew says, let's be honest, nothing will change if we don't fix the line. Any quarterback will struggle if our line play doesn't improve. And that's and that's kind of where I was getting at is I think that the pieces as this offseason is kind of rounding out, at least in, as far as January goes, is uh, is coming to play that you can see a very productive offense. The problem is there you're just kind of doing all of that with the idea that the offensive line play will be better. But I do have to give credit to Nebraska's staff last year. I know it wasn't great. They didn't win enough games, but they still had a top 25 offense with one of the worst offensive lines in football. So, yes, it, it's going this, the, you know, the, the, the peak of what they can do is going to be limited if they don't have a great offensive line. But it's kind of weird to say, but having watched it, I have at least enough faith in them that they could work around a bad offensive line at times. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. So um, very good points. We're hoping that the Huskers will be able to live up to the billing that Brett Murphy has put out there and predicting that the Nebraska football program will be able to crack the top 25 in the preseason. And, and maybe that will be a common theme and, and maybe some of the other writers will be able to do so as well. We'll take a break right now. Coming back, we'll talk a little bit more about the big game tonight. Happening there in Indianapolis, Alabama, the number one and top ranked team going up with a revenge on their mind by the Georgia Bulldogs, a three ranked team at this point. And we'll see who's going to be the victor. And we'll talk more about that, break it down a little bit, get into some of the details right after this, right here on On the Block with Stricken Box. 